You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning and welcome to everybody. Okay, it's for some of you, good afternoon. Uh, you are here for the next 30 minutes with your host for Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. I am Dr. Jeff Werber, one of, if not the only, but certainly one of the only live call-in shows here on Pet Life Radio. So we want to hear from you. Very easy to get a hold of us, just a number of ways, 877-385-8882. You can also go ahead and just join the conversation. If you join us online, you go to Pet Life Radio. Click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab, and you'll see a big box come up, and you can join in the conversation. And lastly, you can just go ahead and uh, send me a quick email. While we're here live to drjeff at petliferadio.com, I will have it forwarded to me as we speak, and we can talk about anything you want to talk about, your dogs, cats, or other, pretty much dog, cats, small animals, I'm going to get you an answer like now, live. Uh, if it's something exotic, I may uh, will get the question uh, answered by one of my colleagues who specializes in exotics, and we'll have an answer for you next week. And of course, we're here, thanks to our sponsors, and we're working on getting some more, as a matter of fact. But right now, ProSense Pet Products and Kong Toys. So go ahead, and if you uh, just get the guts, get the courage, you can uh, join in on the conversation, and let's talk pets. So uh, anyway, I hope you guys are enjoying your summer. It's getting hot here in Southern California. And from what I understand, it's getting hot in other places of the country as well. As a matter of fact, we've been getting a lot of, of news stories about pets and cars. Interestingly, Tennessee just passed a law that if you are walking around driving and you see a dog in a parked car, you can actually break into that car. So of course, I'm not recommending you take that brick yet. And going through a window, obviously, that could be dangerous for the pet inside as well. But do know, follow the normal course. If it's in front of a store front or a, a 7-Eleven or some sort of you know quick shop, uh, you want to open the door and scream, does anybody have this dog in this car? Uh, anybody own this car? If you walk into a building and there's a front desk, ask anybody to be paged. A supermarket to be paged if, in fact, they have a dog in the car. But the key really is that you want to do what you can to get that dog out legally, legitimately, safely. However, if you can't find the owner, and it's warm in there, and you have any doubt, and you are in the state of Tennessee, go ahead and do what you can to break through that car. You, you are allowed, and you are protected by law. And I think that's pretty cool. And I think other states would follow as well because, you know, it's dangerous. It really is. And I have treated dogs that have been stuck in parked cars. I have treated dogs with heat stroke, and it's not pretty. And it's very sad because many of them don't make it. So uh, I think Tennessee had a lot of courage to do so, and I think it's a great idea. So, you know, another thing that, you know, came to my mind is that we have, uh, you know, a big problem with cars overheating, not just, heaven forbid, an animal or a child left in a car or even driving in a car. You got to put the windows down. You got to have air conditioning going. And a lot of cars overheat this time of year. And one winter problem that where cars can freeze over, but it also helps prevent cars from overheating, and that's antifreeze. Antifreeze is very commonly used all year long. It's, as I said, during the cold, it's to help prevent cars from freezing. During the summer, it helps from uh, cars overheating. And at least many of them contain an active ingredient called ethylene glycol. And Ethylene glycol typically 
has a very sweet taste. So when it's dripping from a carburetor or if it's, uh, there's a container of it in your garage, it's actually a taste that dogs and even cats don't mind licking on. So when you have that radiator leak, that could be a problem. Why? Because ethylene glycol is a very, very severe kidney toxin. It is nephrotoxic, as we like to say, and can be deadly. And interestingly, there was a, a new law that was put into effect years ago, all really because I, I, I believe she was either somewhere between 7 and 10, maybe 11 years old. She wrote a letter because she had a dog that died from ingesting ethylene glycol, and she started a campaign to ultimately have a lot of these companies that make antifreeze to add bitters to the antifreeze that obviously will not affect its ability to work, to function as uh, anti-freezing and anti-overheating, but it will help prevent dogs and cats from licking the antifreeze. And it did become law. So most of the newer antifreezes out there will have this ingredient in it to make it not taste so good because it really does taste very sweet. But a lot of the antifreezes out there still, especially the older ones, and especially ones that you might have in your garage, still contain the good old-fashioned sweet-tasting ethylene glycol antifreeze. Now, how this sort of interested me so much is that I realized that antifreeze is a severe kidney toxin. And there are other products out there, other items out there, other drugs out there that can be very, very seriously dangerous to a, a dog's kidneys. And I realized that this is something that, you know, we've talked about certain toxins in the past, but, you know, maybe for, for, for this show, I want to concentrate on dogs and kidneys. And of course, it would apply to cats as well, though there are other things I would add to this list for cats. But let's talk about some of the things that can be very dangerous to dogs. And what's interesting is not all of them are always dangerous to every dog. And many of them are dose-related. As a matter of fact, we can use them in low doses. It is the high doses that causes a problem, which makes it even more challenging because we don't always know on an individual dog's basis what can be toxic. And some of the things that we offer our dogs because we, they need them, we are being prescribed them. And yet, that same medication in much higher doses can be deadly. So first of all, you know, how do you know, what are some of the symptoms when we think about toxicity when it comes to dogs? What are some of the things we worry about? And how do you tell whether or not your dog is even having problems with his kidneys? How do you know to recognize, you know, before you make that phone call or rush to the veterinarian, you want to know what you're looking at. So let's go through a quick list of some of the things that we could look at that should at least, you know, pique our interest if we see it in our dogs. Number one is dogs not eating. They become a little more sluggish, they're, as we call their anorexic. They may be drooling, and we'll talk about that because some of these products actually cause, as one of the kidney toxins called a BUN, it's an internal toxin, it elevates, it causes some oral ulcerations occasionally, and these dogs will drool. They don't want to swallow well. Vomiting, certainly a biggie. Increased thirst and increased urination, as in early stages of kidneys, all right, What's happening is in the early stages of disease or failure, the kidneys stop functioning well as a filter. The job of the kidney typically is to read the water balance, if you will, in the body. And it says to itself, it says to the glomeruli, okay, guys, here's what you got to do. We need of the water that this dog just took in, we need to keep about 30% of it and the rest you can urinate out. Well, what happens is as kidneys start to fail, they lose that ability to make that judgment. So everything that goes in basically comes out. 
That's why dogs in kidney failure, the urine is very clear because they're not concentrating at all. So because of all that fluid loss through these kidneys that are no longer functioning properly, what happens? The brain says, hey, buddy, you got to drink. We're running out of water here. So we have this cycle. We're taking in more water because the kidneys aren't doing their job to retain fluid and therefore they're urinating it out. Now, the opposite happens though. Once kidneys really start to fail to the point of shutdown, they no longer make urine at all. This happens you know, prior to succumbing to whatever disease. When these kidneys shut down, they become anuric. Anuric means no more urine being formed, and that's a problem. As that BUN, that blood urea nitrogen starts to elevate because of kidney disease, kidney failure, it also has a toxic effect on the brain. And we can see seizures, we can see coma, and of course, at, in the ultimate stages, we can see death. So it is so important to recognize those early signs. So you got a dog that's going to maybe not want to eat, drooling, vomiting. You might even notice that the, because they're drooling, they also have really bad breath. They'll get at the beginning or the early and mid stages, they'll get very, very thirsty, and they'll be urinating a lot. And then all of a sudden, they stop urinating, they can start to seize and go into a coma and ultimately death. Very, very serious stuff. So what are some of these things that we probably use, have in our houses, and yet we have to be very, very careful when it comes to our dogs? So one thing is NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Now, some of the NSAIDs that we use, like ibuprofen at home, even aspirin, can and do have safe levels for dogs. Even the veterinary approved, the Rimadils, the Medicam, some of these drugs also, Deramax, these are all some brand names that we use all the time and yet can be toxic in high doses. In fact, when some of them are so tasty because we want to give our dogs things they want to eat, some things that are chewable, so what happens is the companies make them so tasty and then a dog's going to get into the whole container. So I tell people all the time when I'm sending home some of these veterinary approved NSAIDs, these non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, I tell the owners, don't trust that childproof cap because that childproof cap is not going to work on your 50, 60, 70-pound retriever or shepherd or Rottweiler. They're going to go through that plastic like it's nothing. So you need to hide them. You need to put them way out of reach. Hide them up in a medicine cabinet somewhere where there's no way your dog can get a hold of them because if they can, they will. And if they do, there are a lot of potential extremely toxic side effects. Next up, now this is kind of new. And I, and I say kind of new because it's relatively new for many of you. Hopefully, this is old news already. But, I mean, I used to use these. I used to give these to my dogs as treats, training treats. You know, sit, good boy, and I used to toss one. Grapes, raisins, grapes, currants are all very potentially toxic. And here's the problem. Not every dog will have a toxic reaction to these raisins, grapes, and currants, number one. And number two, they're dose-related, and there's a lot of argument out there as to what that dose is. Is one raisin or one grape going to really affect a 70-pound you know, retriever? Most likely not. And is every retriever Labrador? I mean, I used to do them all the time. I've never had this reaction, which means that probably my dogs were lucky ones and didn't have or didn't lack whatever it was, this enzyme that causes a problem with these raisins and grapes. There's something in the skins, the prosanthiodins that have a toxic effect. I, you know, it's not completely understood why. We don't know all the, the dose ramifications, but for those dogs that are sensitive, Yes, it could be deadly. So again, raisins, grapes, something you want to be very careful about. Uh, the ethylene glycol, you know, obviously we talked about the NSAIDs, the raisins, the grapes. Now, another thing, and again, 
we use this a lot. As we know, there are two classes, broad categories of vitamins. There are the water-soluble vitamins, all the vitamin Bs, the vitamin C. These are the water-soluble. What that means is, you know, again, don't test this at home, folks. But typically, these are non-toxic because what happens is in a higher amounts, the body is going to take what it needs, and then the rest, you're going to urinate out. So they're water-soluble. They dissolve in water. It's usually not a big problem. However, A, D, E, and K, vitamins A, vitamins D, vitamins E, and vitamin K are fat-soluble. And therefore, the fat-soluble vitamins actually can be toxic. Are we saying don't give A, D, and K? Of course we have to give them. I mean, vitamin K in the case of, for example, a, uh, an anticoagulant like rat poison, I mean, vitamin K1 is life-saving. So we're, again, we're not saying don't use them, but we have to understand that there are upper limits of safety. And the vitamin D3 is one that can, in high amounts, can cause kidney damage. So I'm going to hold that thought with you. We are going to be right back. Don't go away. You're here live with Dr. Jeff at Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. This is my tired of itching face. Does your dog suffer from persistent itching and scratching? Allergies and skin irritations caused by environment, including pollens, insects, especially fleas, food, and common household allergens are common problems in dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense itch and allergy products provide fast relief from symptoms like itchy, irritated skin, skin infections like hot spots and watery eyes. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo. Hey everybody, this is Tim Link, the host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Got some exciting news for you here today. My audiobook is now available. Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tail is now available in audiobook form through audible.com, amazon.com, and iTunes. It's a collection of 32 conversations I've had with the animals. It's a fun, interesting, heartfelt book that's suitable for all age groups. So everybody pick up a copy of the audiobook, Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tail. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We were talking about um, kidney toxins. And what's so interesting about kidney toxins, and we're specifically talking about dogs now. I'm going to add a few to cats at the end. But these are things that mostly, if you've gone through our list, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, the antifreeze, raisins and grapes, vitamin D. These are all things that we, hey, well, except for the ethylene glycol, the antifreeze that we use in our cars, not in our dogs. But these are all things we have in our homes. We have access to them. Our dogs have access to them. And 
it, with the things like the grapes and the raisins and the vitamin D, the medications, the, the NSAIDs, these are all things that we even give to our dogs. So we have to be really, really careful knowing that here's something that we're, the, the doctor, the doc, you told me to give this medication. Of course we did. And your own doctor may have told you to take an aspirin every now and then, but he didn't say take 30. So we have to be very, very careful because things that we use often that have safe dose ranges, and we are, of course want to use them in that safe range, when we get out of that safe range, they could be deadly. So the vitamin Ds, as we mentioned, vitamin D3, the cholecalciferol, there's a number. Again, we use this also, for example, dogs that have parathyroid problems or dogs that have had thyroids or cats that have had thyroids removed, and now we have to supplement with because the parathyroids are often removed with the thyroids, sometimes accidentally, sometimes they just can't be saved in the event of a tumor, and we need to supplement our pets, and we need to supplement with some vitamin Ds. So, so just be careful because too much can also cause some kidney disease. And the last one that I wanted to talk about today for dogs are, again, medications that your veterinarian, in many instances, has probably, if you've had a pet, a dog, with heart disease, your dog inevitably has gone home with beta blockers or calcium channel blockers. And the reason is that these medications help reduce blood pressure. A lot of times in failure, dogs have increased heart rates, they have increased blood pressure, just like we do in heart disease, and we need to bring those, those values down. Well, if your dog gets an overdose of one of these medications, it can drop the blood pressure so low that it reduces blood flow, essential oxygenated blood flow to the kidneys, and that can cause kidney shutdown. So we can get kidney failure. Really, the kidney themselves is fine. The tissue is normal. The anatomy is working. The glomeruli are working, right? The loop of Henle is working. Everything is working beautifully, except for one thing. We're not getting enough blood flow through them, and with blood comes oxygen, and the kidney tissue starts to fail. It starts to die because your dog got a a hold of too much of what was given to them for one organ's health, and it destroyed another organ's health. So again, when it comes to the old adage, more is not always better. Now, some might argue with money, for example, more might be better. <laughs> with weight loss, yep, more might be better. The more weight you lose, the better you're going to be. That's great. But when it comes to drugs, when it comes to drug dosing, we have a dose range. We want to stay within that range. And just because two aspirin did the job doesn't mean that five are going to do any better. As a matter of fact, it could hurt you. So uh, keep that in mind when dealing with these medications. So also what I wanted to do is add on. So first of all, I'd be curious to know. Send me a note to Dr. Jeff, Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com or join in the conversation, which I'm just checking here again to see if anybody has. And um, no, no one is, no one has joined in our conversation to let us know if they have had a pet, a dog, that has ever had a problem with any type of kidney failure. I think it's very important. So in cats, we've talked about this before, there are certain plants that animals can get a hold of that can have effects. And one of the serious, serious plants that we want to add to this list when it comes to kidneys, at least, is the lily. Lilies are potentially very toxic. There are a number of lily species out there. My thumb is brown. It's not green, so I can't go through them all and tell you. You definitely want to check with your poison control. But my blanket rule would be, when in doubt, avoid. 
So if you are have a lily around the house that you think, well, I think it's not one of them. I think it's a one that's safe on that safe list. Until you know for sure, don't think because you thinking and thinking wrong could be deadly to your cat. And mind you, it's not just, well, God, no, doc, my cat doesn't eat the plant, doesn't lick on the lilies, doesn't eat the leaves. Ah, that could be great. But guess what? If they drink the water at the bottom of that vase that has been sucking all the lily juice into it as well, that could be enough to cause severe, deadly toxicity. So uh, it's not just the leaves. Your cat could be a, a non-plant leaf eater and still die from licking the water that is hydrating that lily flower, that lily plant. So be really, really careful with those things as well. And if you have any questions about a toxin, there's some great poison control websites. You can just go online, Google, ASPCA has a great one. So you can send me uh, a note. I will pass it on to my very good friend and colleague, Dr. Justine Lee, who is boarded in emergency medicine and in toxicology. And she will get back to me and I will in turn get back to you. We've had Dr. Lee here on the show in the past and I'm sure we can have her come back on. In fact, if this is something you'd really like to know more about how household poisons. These are things that you have in your medicine cabinets, you have in your garages, you have under your counters in the kitchen, cleaning agents, solvents, foods, whatever. Be very, very interesting. And by, by the way, it's not necessarily just kidneys. It causes blood sugar problems. It causes liver disease. But we've talked in, in the past about an ingredient in sugarless gums named xylitol. And it is okay for people, but it can be deadly to dogs. Well, interestingly, and this is a caution out there while we're on the subject of things that can be toxic in general, that there are, and I don't know the brand, so you're going to have to check it out, but some of the new sugarless peanut butters where it says reduce sugar, reduce calorie, reduce fat peanut butters may have xylitol. Now, mind you, I'm not advocating that you should be giving your dogs peanut butter as a normal part of their daily routine. However... If they would get into wholesome peanut butter, yes, it's a little fatty. That concerns me. There could be an issue with some of the fatty nuts and pancreatitis. But look, let's face it, from most dogs, and they like it, a small amount of peanut butter that you can use to give with their medication is fine. You want to get some good video of your dog doing some fun things, talking, give him some peanut butter, put it on the roof of his mouth, and you can have a lot of fun with it. That's fine. However, just understand that check the labels of the peanut butters that you buy, and if you are buying one that is promoting low calories, less sugar, etc., don't necessarily think, ah, this is even better for my dog because it's less fat, less sugar. Au contraire, because if they're sweetening it with the artificial sweetener xylitol, that's X-Y-L-I-T-O-L, then it can be potentially deadly to your dog. So be really careful there as well. So anyway, I hope I gave you enough food for fodder here to think about things that you have around. It's always a good idea if you're thinking about giving something to your dog or your cat that you've never given before. And even your friends have given it and they say, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It could be. I'm not saying it's not fine. But give your veterinarian a call. Ask your vet. Ask someone from their staff. Is it safe? Are there precautions? Is there too much? And that's the key. That what might be too much for one dog, right, or not too much for one dog might be too much for your dog. And as we mentioned, a lot of these things we talked about today are normally given to dogs and are totally safe. But 
they have a toxic dose. And if we exceed that safety dose and we get into the realm of toxic doses, it can be very dangerous for your pets. And there are many things out there that are just like that, that are safe in small amounts, but may not be so safe in larger amounts. So again, check with veterinarian. Anyway, I want to thank you for joining me here today on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. I would love some input. If you guys have any subject that you'd like to hear more about, if you'd like me to make it a little bit more understandable, sometimes you go to the vet, they're throwing all this stuff at you, they're throwing these words at you, you don't understand, and you don't want to sound, you don't want to, you're afraid to sound dumb, like, Doc, I don't get it, can you go over it again? You know what? It's okay, because that's my, what I love to do is help you make things, to make things for you very understandable. Um, and when you understand things, it makes much more sense why and do what we do. So, therefore, we'll see you here next week here on That's the Best with Dr. Jeff at 9 a.m. Pacific at 12 noon back east and wherever you are in between. It's going to be 10 or 11 o'clock as well. I want to thank uh, sponsors once again, ProSense Pet Products. Find them at your local Target or Walmart and also Kong Toys. And God, you can find Kong everywhere. See you next week. Thanks for joining me. Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.